The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of the Belmont Media Center or the Town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Welcome to the Hopeless Fancast, the podcast that loves fans as much as fans love pop culture. I'm your host, Eileen Maxson. Before you listen to our show, be pre-warned. There will be spoilers. For today's episode, we're talking with Matt, who is a Navy officer in Yokosuka, Japan, about Santa Clarita diet. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? Hey, Eileen. I'm swell. Thank you. Uh, It's tomorrow here. So hello from the future. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. I was thrilled. This is really cool. Awesome. So Santa Clarita Diet, it's one of those shows that I actually hadn't known a lot about. Like I had heard of it, but I hadn't actually watched it until you suggested it. And I've got to say that when I started watching it, it's like, oh, my God, where has this show been all my life? Because it is amazing. (laughs) I I felt the same way. You know, and and it's funny. I'm in in all aspects of life, Eileen. I am not a first adopter. Uh So it was (laughs) I, I mean, literally, I still have an iPhone 6S. Don't laugh at me. But yeah, so this show had been on for two seasons already before I uh, before I picked it up. And I just uh, binge watched the entire thing. And uh, it was it was ridiculous. So, I, you know, it was funny is because you say, where has this show been all my life? Well, but the thing is, it, it was always there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm thinking it has the feeling of, say, I don't know, uh, family ties. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, that uh, and I, I guess that's kind of what got me about it because it literally it made me love sitcoms again. I despise sitcoms, but it it has the feel of a sitcom. Like um, what popped into my head while I was watching it is that this is that episode of fill in the blank sitcom, whichever sitcom it is, uh-huh. where the character has to be in multiple places at one time and it all goes horribly wrong. The whole series is not like that episode. And what I really like about it is that these days most of the good shows, the shows that I like are episodic in nature where they don't solve other problems in half an hour and everything goes back to normal. Alex Keaton doesn't, uh, you know, get addicted <laughs> to speed and uh, then everything's fine after half an hour. Right. 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 So I enjoy that kind of, uh, that kind of television, but the feel of it does, it, it has, has kind of the, the sitcom feel, but at the same time, it's absolutely horrific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Horror comedy, I feel like is one of the hardest things to get right. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a great example of really, I think when it, when it go, went right, Right. Once you got Buffy in there, everybody's like, oh, wow, this works. And then uh, <laughs> these these other shows kind of follow from it. Yeah. One of the things about it, too, is that it is it is just so gleefully gory, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> well, was- I remember oh, watching yeah. the first episode and we're like, she throws up and it's everywhere. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> they totally they, they they didn't even just go there. They went way past there. Oh, They're like the oh, next yeah. town over from there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, see, there was a line. Uh-huh. 
and they just left it way behind. Yep, yep. <laughs> Didn't even notice it. Just zoomed right past it. Yeah, yeah. There have oh, been many times when, like, both of us, me and my husband, when we watched, are just like cringing on the couch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, the awkward uh, the awkward situations that uh, result from your wife being undead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the gore actually, uh, you know, and and that's honestly that's the uh, the the nicest example of the gore. Yeah. Oh my uh, God. Yeah. You no, know, I mean, you, you really you picked the least the the least disgusting aspect of, of the gore. In the show. <laughs> that that was surprisingly probably the, enough. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. That was and and you know when it is gory, it's delightfully gory. Yes. When but but other, but it doesn't like focus on that. It's just like kind of a background fact of life. It's true. But it actually was a problem for uh, promotion of the show. I heard uh, there were billboards in Germany where they advertised it with uh, like a, a finger in a hot dog bun, like a sausage. Yeah. You know, on post subways and it was scaring children. Yeah, I, I, I read about that. I think they were like, <laughs> it was funny because they got like 50 complaints. And yeah. I was like, 50 complaints. That's that that that's really not that many complaints. But it was enough to get them to say, "Oh, well, all right." And to well, pull maybe, the ads. Maybe, maybe we should rethink that advertising campaign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard about it and I'm like, you know, there was some controversy about like the Saw advertisements, you know, when the Saw movies were out, and those were like, you know, fingers too. That totally flew in the United States. Maybe they're a oh, little yeah. bit Americans, more sensitive in uh, germany but yeah yeah uh europe and um asian countries i don't think you get away with that kind of thing absolutely not i mean you would think you would have a uh, foreign advertising company who would know the audience right i don't know i i've actually i found the uh the advertise the advertising that i've seen for the show mm -hmm. actually uh really kind of subtle and clever you know how the, you get the picture of the the bright and cheerful looking uh joel and sheila on the poster with uh a little bit of blood dripping down the corner of sheila's mouth yep. yeah that, that kind of thing or the little drop of blood on the on the plate and uh you know kind of discreet and yet horribly wrong yes <laughs> Which is, that really nails the feel of the show, that they're this bright, shiny, happy couple in, you know, bright, shiny, happy California, and they're realtors who tend to be bright, shiny, realtors. happy people, and they're, they're, yet... They're realtors, Eileen. Yes. Did I say realtors? <laughs> <laughs> realtors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that episode was was hilarious. Um, but yeah, it definitely had me saying, you know, wait, how do I say it? I say it, realtors. I, I totally say it the way they say it. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. And the um, the cameo appearance by, or maybe a little bit more of the cameo, they actually come back by Joel McHale. It's amazing. The other realtors. Yes. yes. Uh, and, and <laughs> I can't, I couldn't place him. So yeah, uh, I knew I recognized him. He uh, he's okay. Jeff Winger from uh, Community. Okay, you know I never watched Community. It is excellent. It's it's a yeah. really amazing show. Yeah. I don't get a lot of time to watch television, so you know I, I have I I'm very uh, uh, judicious with how I uh, binge watch. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's definitely one that's worth your time. Pete and I actually we first were introduced to Community when we still had the service and Netflix when they were like actually sending DVDs to people. Oh yeah. Um, I that. Yeah, yeah. And we got the first disc of the first season of Community and we watched it and immediately went out and bought it. 
because oh, wow. it, it was that good. It's okay. it's fantastic. So we own awesome. all of it. We have watched through it ourselves and with the kids like several times through. We're actually in the midst of another rewatch. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Like if, if I ever do that show on the podcast, I won't have to rewatch it. I can recite most of it for you. <laughs> it's really awesome. great. Yeah. But yeah, but having Joel McHale show up, it was it was great. And then Patton Oswald was yeah. Uh, uh, Patton of... Oswald is the uh, the doctor. Yeah. Uh, Portia de Rossi is the other scientist. That was pretty cool. And and you know the the show uh, reminded me it, it does have the vibe of Arrested Development too. Which is a show I have not seen. Oh. <laughs> See, now you got to watch that. I haven't seen the fourth season that was on. I think it was on Netflix. You know, they did a fourth fourth season on streaming service only. Right, right. Uh, but I do have the first season on DVD first. I might have more than that, but uh, you know, who watches DVDs anymore? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but but it definitely had that vibe. There's a lot of a lot of similarities. Definitely some of the uh, the awkward comedy, the the weird balancing act, uh, sitcom type thing. Like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of things there. It doesn't have the uh, ensemble cast of characters. Santa Clarita Diet. It's very focused on this this core group of four characters, really. Right, right. My my most favorite cameo though was definitely uh, Nathan Fillion. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> he's, he's been and and actually I should say it's a recurring cameo. He's still on there even though he is now just a uh, disembodied head. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, unfortunately, I was a little bit spoiled for that. The fact that his head was alive because I had read the Wikipedia article looking oh, for see. the actors, right? <laughs> and so, you know, they had Nathan Fillon and he plays this realtor. Uh, realtor? He plays this realtor <laughs> <laughs> who uh, in the second season, they have his head in the garage. I'm like, well... Uh, I don't know how that happens, but that'll be interesting. So, yeah, yeah, he's he's amazing. Yeah. Anytime, anytime you get a Nathan Fillion cameo in anything, it's uh, it's worth your time. It's absolutely true. And yeah. he plays it so marvelously with just his face. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> that's like that. That is a credit to good acting when you can portray a character that has no body. It is entirely yeah. your face. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And frankly, I like him better as a disembodied head than I did as a, uh, a living person. I, I think he's he's a much better person. <laughs> yes, that is true. It's really, it's really improved his, you know, life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's an interesting kind of through line of the show that the people who wind up becoming zombies or, you know, whatever they're called, the people who wind up becoming undead wind up fulfilling who they feel that they really are, which is an yeah, they, interesting they become take. become their best selves. Isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah. It's really strange. It's very, uh, it reminds me a little bit of like vampire type stories where, you know, people become awesome when they when they become vampires yeah you know usually you become a zombie and you're not even really yourself anymore and and that's and that's why sheila doesn't like the z word yes but the uh i think it's not a unique take on zombies but it's uh one that you don't see very much see an eye zombie obviously and then uh but yeah these days with uh to borrow a phrase from a previous podcast uh peak zombie yes 
<laughs> yes, I think we're at peak zombie, and uh, so you know when you've got The Walking Dead going on its seventh season, I think N- a ninth and season actually. Ninth, I think oh yeah. So I stopped watching it a while ago, just out of, out of no time. But you know you've got that kind of thing where it's like this bleak, horrific, post-apocalyptic kind of thing which you know is great uh i i like that kind of thing but uh what i what i love about this is they're kind of keeping the apocalypse at bay and they're discovering things about themselves and again it's it's not unique but it's a different take on uh on this kind of undead you know in the original and and zombies originated where it wasn't really like the the shambling george romero is the one who popularized the shambling flesh-eating uh, ghouls right right and you know the original legend of zombieism uh, was was nothing like that yeah there's a movie called i walked with a zombie great movie amazing movie i think is one of the the jacques tourneau movies yeah which basically is more of the traditional uh voodoo haitian idea of a zombie um like the, uh, yeah serpent in the rainbow kind of thing You've seen um, that, right? I'm trying to remember if I have. I think I've seen parts of it. Check it out. It's based on a book, but it's it's kind of the original zombie myth sort of a thing. It's classic small zombie film. So yeah, it, like the first person that she uh, she attacked, it was uh, the one her uh, the one her neighbor uh, sent her after. Right. Uh, in, the, in the beginning of the first season, I'm trying to remember all all these people's names. But anyway, so she goes to his apartment and uh, they <laughs> she right. tries to <laughs> say she, she Angel tried to kill him. And uh, she ends up only uh, biting him and turning him. Then he becomes this, uh, you know, artist and uh, he's, he's happy and living his best life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they have to kill him. They kill him? No, they did. They did. They did because right. he decided right. that he was like the one for Sheila. That she oh, was yes. fooling herself, oh, yes. trying to be with her husband because her husband was human. And the two of them belonged together because they were both undead. And so he came to kill Joel. Yeah. You know, that's what happens when you binge watch. You forget the details. So, yeah, that darn. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> But yeah, I really like that character. So I was kind of sad when they they had to, uh, you know, I think that they killed him by like sticking a a hairbrush handle into his head, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think that was before Joel had his hammer knife. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The hammer knife. It it really makes me think of, you know, how in in like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I think it, it shows up in Serenity too. There's this like, this weapon that's like an axe and it's got a stake on the bottom and it's like the slayer's weapon this is definitely like you know santa clarita diet's version of the slayer's weapon yeah yeah, yeah. except it's, it's it's what a realtor would use exactly it's like you know it's a hammer strapped to you know a utility knife it's perfect yeah yeah it's it's great too because i like how the show i mean basically they're just normal people right and they're kind of bland yeah uh <laughs> They are, you know, and they, they're high school sweethearts and they've been married for 20 years and they got a teenager who's uh, so over it already. And yeah, I, I guess that's the thing about the uh, zombie, really the horror genre in general, where order starts descending into chaos. Right. I, I think I think that's what's appealing about it to people is is just watching uh, watching everything that, you know, is so so carefully uh, organized and filed neatly away and and uh, just watch it slowly fall apart and unravel. Right. Um, it, you know, but what's what's great about it is that Sheila is 
well, she's doing her best to control her impulses, but uh, you know, but Joel is there for her, and he's he's not a zombie, and so he can kind of kind of help uh, navigate her through the moral quandaries of devouring human flesh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seriously though, their marriage is like you know relationship goals here. They are oh yeah perfect together. They don't uh, come off as the uh, perfect couple in the first episode necessarily. Uh huh. You know, like like I said, things seem like they're getting kind of stale and they've kind of got a drudgery going on. Right. Um, like most of us. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, this really kind of spices their uh, marriage up a little bit. It definitely means that, you know, it's never boring. Their life is never boring. That might not always be a good thing. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's never boring when you occasionally have to murder people. It's true. Yeah, uh, you know what's what's funny too is seeing Tim Oliphant in this. Uh, Joel. Uh huh. So I, is that how you say? His? No, it's Ol- Oliphant. 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 I, I don't. Elephant. I had to look that up. What's funny about that is that he's always playing these like you know badass, uh, repugnant characters. Sometimes uh, not necessarily good people. Hmm. And to see him playing this guy, uh-huh. the protagonist, if you will, I, I think uh, that's that's kind of fun. So if you're if you're a fan of any of the people in these shows and you see them kind of playing against type, I, I think that's always uh, pretty interesting. I don't think I've actually ever seen anything with him in it. You know, I haven't either. But uh, I, you know, I. Recommend recognized him and uh so no i haven't really seen him in any shows where i had kind of thought about him except for i remember him with a big black bushy mustache gotcha (laughs) (laughs) obviously he was evil right he is fantastic all the acting in this show is amazing but his very genial and slightly confused and (laughs) you know (laughs) and very nervous but trying not to show it yeah, you know, it's 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 amazing. <laughs> yeah, smile. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, uh, uh, was uh, Anne's painting of him the nervous yes. neighbor? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, Joel. So Joel is definitely my favorite character, and he's he's just. He's just barely keeping it together most of the time. I and I love it. I because <laughs> somehow he's coming out on top most of the time. Usually a little help from uh, serendipity or Deus Ex Machina, but uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but but he's he's supporting the woman he's love and he's helping her justify find ways to justify eating people. And uh, you know, not that Sheila really needs it, but he's keeping her under control and and. He's really the one who's driving the let's find a cure uh, story arc of the show. Yeah, he's the one who's just keeping everything together and keeping the bus moving forward. Yeah, yeah that, that's yeah. exactly right. Yes, that's yeah. a good way to put it. Because there's so many forces of chaos in his life. It's amazing. You've got to, you know, you've got to feel for the guy. It seems like just every episode or two, just one more thing gets kind of added to his plate. Uh-huh. And you just wonder how, how much more... <laughs> How much more he's going to be able to take. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to go next door and smoke pot with your cop neighbor. Yes. You know, <laughs> and, and that seems to, to make it all uh, to make it all OK. It's like, oh, yeah. would he really be able to do all of this if every once in a while he didn't smoke and get high? To what degree is that kind of keeping his equilibrium going? Yeah, I, I don't know. He's only yeah. done it a couple of times in the show. In fact, so uh, he, it, it was uh, noted by his neighbor that, uh, you know, it's like, hey, you want to come over and smoke? And Joel's like, nah, I can't. You know, <laughs> he, he hasn't done it for a while. And I'm, I'm wondering if that's contributing to his uh, state of mind. It's interesting that both of them have friends next door that are cops. 
Um, because it's like, you know, they're killing people. You would think that they would be like, no, nah, maybe I wouldn't want to befriend my next door neighbor who, you know, happens to be the cop that's looking into this murder that my husband committed. Um, a lot of cops in their lives, aren't there? There are. It's, it's really amazing. <laughs> they're just surrounded by cops. And yet, instead of hiding from them, they're actually befriending them. Uh, of Accidentally. Course, Accidentally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just sort yeah, of second, happens. Second season, Sheila just kind of accidentally uh, starts inspiring Anne, you know? Yes. Well, it's, it's it's so great that Sheila, you know, when she becomes undead, you know, not only is she living her best life, but she's inspiring everybody else to live theirs, too. That's, that's, that is true. But at the same time, she's doing it in such a way in some cases where it's like, you know, she inspires her next door neighbor who is married to the cop to cheat on him. And then, you know, inspiring Anne to be an artist and paint all the specifics of the case <laughs> and all of that. So it's like, you know, she's doing a good thing, but it's not always to her benefit. I think eventually it's probably going to come around. Well, so at the end, the end of the second season, so finally Anne figures out that well, she she didn't really figure it out. Anne just sees Sheila not die. Or, she actually or rather, shoots her yes. twice and sees it not <clears throat> affect her. Yeah. And and I gotta I gotta wonder because Sheila's gotten shot a couple of times and uh, she's not exactly healing. You know, healing is not one of those powers that comes with being a zombie. Are you sure? The pieces of her falling off, right? So doesn't she isn't she walking around with bullet holes? Well. I think she oh, is no, no, healing her because her finger, yeah, right, her finger, her finger got chopped off and kind of came attached, kind of reattached. Back on, yeah. Her, her, like her toe fell off though. Remember? Yeah, yeah, but that that was different from her eating her finger, or chomping her finger off at least. Um, because it was like, that was when she was falling apart because she hadn't had that serum. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So I think that now that she's had the serum, everything's going to stay, you know, the same as long as she doesn't, you know, lose pieces of herself. Right. Right. <laughs> not going to get any worse. Not going to get any better. So, okay, so Anne shoots her anyway. So yeah, she's probably not got bullet holes in her. I was, that was bothering me. So, so <laughs> So Anne shoots her and she gets up. And, and, and so Anne, being the ultra-religious uh, person that Anne is, uh, mm -hmm. assumes Sheila is, of course, the second coming of Christ. <laughs> I'm not sure it was quite that Something extreme. Like that. But it, it was definitely that, that like, Sheila is like an instrument of God. You yeah, know, that, yeah. that she's... It's a miracle. Yeah, yeah. Which, of course, the miracle was uh, the explosion that was set off by her daughter to blow up the fracking operation. It's all right. coincidence. But it, you know, coincidence that comes together either to to benefit them or to screw them over. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Kismet. So I, I think that's going to play into the third season, though, with Anne thinking that uh, Sheila is an instrument of God. And uh, it's going to it's it's one more thing to their plate right right the, right they're gonna have to keep Anne from telling everybody about this miracle and and uh, spreading the good news and, and right uh, oh gosh you know <laughs> witnessing to everybody that she uh that she meets that uh she's seen a miracle and believes in god yeah i mean she's a pretty good cop so i think she'd be pretty good at not spilling the beans quite so easily but well you it'll know. be interesting to see that conflict in Anne, right yeah because there's definitely going to be part of her that's like you know i need to tell like my my pastor about this or i gotta go tell it on the mountain exactly yeah. <laughs> well i think they'd probably be able to convince her that you know if she tells people 
then they're not going to believe her or they're going to say, you know, oh my God, Sheila's a zombie and therefore we have to kill her. They can probably convince her that torches and pitchforks are not a good thing. Well, <laughs> well, sure. But and remember, Anne hasn't actually seen her consume human flesh or anything. She only watched her get up after getting shot. That is true. So she doesn't really know what's going on and everything yet. And they'll probably, I, I think they'll, pro, uh, Joel and Sheila will probably play on, on that to keep her from learning the whole truth by, you know, making sure she only has part of the information and kind of trying to manage it that way. Do you think that at some point they'll try to bring Rick in? as well rick is the uh the other neighbor the other cop oh you know i i do actually yeah <laughs> I, I, I think joel's gonna need somebody to talk to about it definitely you know and that and rick and uh, joel's relationship like i mentioned earlier has been getting strained they haven't they haven't been getting high together hanging out as much as they used to you know because joel's just got a lot of stuff going on right right <laughs> that that, so, that is putting it mildly yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I i think i think i think rick's i think rick's gonna be in on it eventually and it'll probably be sort of accidentally and uh he's not gonna be nearly as uh you know he won't be as as awful about it as well as awful but i'm sure he's a good cop yes <laughs> the other neighbor was not a good cop but he was actually, you know, doing cop work, investigating the blood on the lawn or what. Well, he found a piece of Gary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. On, on the lawn. I'm sure that Rick is a good cop, but uh, I, I have a feeling that maybe by the end of the third season, he'll figure it out and then uh, he'll yeah. be there for. Well, yeah, Dan, you know, yes, before they killed yes. him, he was uh, really taking advantage. Well, he, he wasn't even taking advantage of Sheila being undead because he didn't know that Sheila was undead. He just thought that Joel had killed Gary because he had come on to his wife. Sort of. So, yeah, let's, yeah let's, let's just say that that's what happened. It's like, you know, you, you know you're in a difficult situation when, you know, the best story possible is that, you know, you murdered this guy. Because if you told him the truth, it would be so much worse. Yes, that's what happened. Yeah, yes. I'm sticking to it. Yeah, so, uh, and, and Dan, well, definitely for the first season, Dan was, uh, I think, their uh, their biggest problem. And again, mm -hmm. it was it was very similar to uh, how I think Anne is going to get handled. You know, they, they didn't tell him the whole truth, obviously. They just uh, let him think that they were serial killers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so much that's better. that's way better than undead. Yeah, yeah. So, so Sheila kills Gary. And, right. yeah, and Joel sees her... Like, it's the end of the first episode, I think. That's, so, I, you know, I, she's like... I love the way she, she looks up as though, as though she's having an affair with Gary. I really want to make this work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and I, I think I think that right there, that right there just kind of like sums up the whole show. Yes. I really want to make this work. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> While at the same time, you are in your yard eating. Your yard, the... With human entrails in your hands. Yes. Covered in blood. Yes. yes. <laughs> It's like, you know, it is, it is all about, oh, my God, how do we hide this? And how do we keep this couple together? The uh, uh, Tupperware, obviously, was it? or yes. Rubbermaid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Without the lid. They have that whole thing where they're, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing because that's exactly what, you know, a married couple would be complaining about. It is, it is the opposite of my house. I have lids and no containers. I don't know where they all came from. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh supposedly like uh this is totally off topic but at one point i went to uh 
Target in order to buy some containers. And apparently people will just like walk off with the lids. So like they had containers and then no lids that matched them. And it's like, what do you expect me to do? I'm not going to buy the container that doesn't have the lid. So yeah, it is really bizarre. So it's not off topic at all. That's a real suburban (laughs) problem. (laughs) This actually (laughs) happens. Yeah. Absolutely. I haven't been to a Target in forever, so I, I have not seen that. But <laughs> do, do they not have Targets no tar- in there, Guam? There is no Target here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's really funny having this whole suburban Americana setting and then having this weird stuff going on in the background or foreground for us, but, you know, underneath kind of the the nice, pristine, you know, well-manicured lawns and perfect houses and everything, so. Well, well yeah, it's it's like a, a, a Santa Clarita is a real place. And yes. uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's a planned community, which is uh, ah. uh, part of part of the reason that it was chosen as a setting, because it's, it's all carefully planned and put together. And, uh, you know, again, it's that order uh, descends into chaos theme. Right. that I mentioned earlier. And and I don't think it's going to get into like a Walking Dead thing or even like iZombie kind of a thing. I could be wrong. I don't know. But <laughs> I, I don't think it's I don't think it's going to get there. Well, I, they may, may find a way to preserve the order, the the effect of the chaos on the order. Then a show like uh, I'll go back again to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right. Uh-huh. She's in Sunnyvale or Sunnydale. And there's murders every episode. Like how many people does this community have? And they notice, but nobody notices. Yeah. And, and, and you know, Sheila's only killed a couple of people. Not too many. I mean, and, you know, they've been all bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple of Nazis, a gangster, yep. or, uh, a guy she got mad at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, he was, like, you know, assaulting her by that point. Like, you sure, know. yeah. Do you need to wear a, a name tag that says, uh, you know, uh, I'm undead, don't provoke me? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if it became the sort of thing where, like, there were enough undead in order for it to be, like, you know, a class of people, then perhaps. But but I definitely agree that that's probably not the direction that they're going in. Yeah, um, I, I, think, yeah. I think you're right. Because they, they do definitely manage to be a little bit more reasonable and realistic about that, you know, when, when you kill somebody, people are going to notice the more bodies that start dropping and the more noticeable it's going to be. Yeah, it's certainly not, uh, there, there's, it's, it's not a mystical origin or anything. They still haven't really figured out why outside of the red clams. Which is so <laughs> bizarre. she had the clams. <laughs> she had the clams and they went around and they figured out, you know, who had the clams that night. Yes. And oh God, that that scene where it was the the guy Joel went to go find out if if he had become you know undead, and then there was that that degloving thing you know oh, where he goes to yes. shake his hand and the skin oh, comes you, off. You know, in the Navy we actually have safety posters that have pictures of that. It's disgusting. Yeah, I so I worked for a funeral home for a while, um, oh. and so <laughs> so I I know a little bit about you know human decay. 
And, you know, the, the gloving thing, actually, you know, that happens. That's something that you have to be careful of. Like, you know, I didn't actually embalm people, but I was around people who embalmed people and they would talk about it, like skin slippage and stuff like that. Yeah, it was definitely one of those, oh, that's really realistic and that totally happens moments. <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, that, that, that scene was pretty messed up. <laughs> yes. And but the yeah. hammer knife came in handy. Yes, it did. <laughs> and, you know, again, it was the whole thing of, you know, there's this this guy and he's really nice and he made great Danishes. He made great Danishes. I think I think he was a veteran, you know, yes. just yes. nice and friendly and good person. Right up until the reveal. Yeah. You, you just you, you just didn't know because there was so much tension. Oh, my God. The tension there was killing me because <laughs> it, this guy is obviously just getting really upset with Joel. Doesn't yeah. like being in his house. Joel is, you know, a good person, but he's acting wicked suspicious, which he always is acting yes. suspicious. Yeah. How does he get away with it? I don't know. But he's he's so he's always acting suspicious. He's in this guy's house acting suspicious. It's like, OK, is this dude going to kill me? Right. If he's a normal human being, it's like, okay, what's what's this guy's story? I don't want you in my house. Right. 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 He's behaving that way the whole time, right up until the reveal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so you don't know uh, until until his hand, you know, the the hand skin on his hand comes off that he's undead. Yeah, that was just <laughs> so well done. The way that he was acting could totally make sense. Oh yeah. And yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like but, either. So, and, and there's what a total of four zombies. Yeah. So far, two two are dead now, and yes. then there's uh, God, I keep wanting to call her Ramona. Is her name Ramona? The, her name the shop is girl? Ramona. Yes. And Ramona, right? Her her actual name too is Ramona. Oh, that's like, the actress. I think that's name. the actress's name. Her her actual name is Ramona Young. I recognized her from uh, Z Nation, so another oh. comedy oh. zombie show. You know, it's funny. I I I was actually kind of disappointed they developed her character. Because, well, I, I was. I, I was really hoping that she would remain the uh, sage shop girl, right? Like every time yeah. they go to – the store was kind of like a Walgreens, whatever it is, or a CVS. And, uh, you know, they go to they go to the drugstore to try to find something, and she spots each character having, having their problem and just solves it by being completely bland and clueless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I – And, and I'm, I'm sad that, that her character was developed – that she's also undead and then she left. Yeah, I think I agree with that. She would have been just so great as, you know, the uh, drugstore guru. That's the first time I've ever been disappointed in a character getting developed, I think. <laughs> Usually it's a good idea. And she's such a great actress, too. Like, you know, uh -huh. her, her deadpan is so fantastic. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen Z Nation. No, yeah. no, I haven't. It's, it is very silly. Like, you know, oh, okay. this is silly, it looks too. Silly. It's incredibly silly. It is silly in kind of the Sharknado silly way. Like, oh, you well, know. consider me sold. That's that's my nine-year-old's favorite movies. It is actually made by the same people. <laughs> it's a really great zombie show. Like, right now, I prefer it to The Walking Dead. Oh, cool. Um, because I, I actually stopped watching The Walking Dead this past season because they killed Carl. And yeah. at that point, yeah, I was I like... I, I have no interest in the show anymore. Well, now um, Rick's leaving too, I heard. Yeah, after this next season. I keep abreast of the developments on Walking Dead for I, some unknown reason. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm interested in I'm interested in the show. I just haven't really had the, the motivation to catch up on it. 
I stopped watching it the season when Alexandria went to war with Negan. So I stopped watching it before uh, Abe and... Uh, uh, yes, that guy. Glenn. Abe and Glenn, Glenn, yes. Before Abe and Glenn died. Yeah. So I, I, I missed all that. I know I'm way behind and people are going to people are gonna be like, oh, what's wrong with you? I don't know. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I like I like Bleak. <laughs> I do like Bleak. I mean, yeah. that's fine. I guess there was only so much, uh, so much that I could devote uh, devote my time to bleakness. Now I don't know. I don't know how much this identifies other other people who uh, uh, geek out on shows, but I kind of I go back and forth in moods, like where you know, hey, I'm in I'm in the mood for for something you know bleak and hard and like like Walking Dead, or you know, hey, I need something I need something lighter for a while. I can't I can't do this, and I'll catch up later, which is kind of where I'm at right now. I'm watching you know, things that are a little more light. Yeah, we go through those too. That, you know, there are times yeah. when it's like, yes, I am definitely in the mood for like Black Mirror or, mm. you know, I really want to watch Hannibal. Seen... Oh, Hannibal? Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I know it. <laughs> Haven't yeah. seen it. Sounds awesome. It was the same with like Bates Motel. I, uh, I would love to have kept watching that series. I think I watched a couple episodes and I just had to stop you know there's so much yeah. so much good television now it's hard to devote your time and also have a life you know i i just put it on uh i i mark it on uh netflix i put a pin in it and save it for later oh uh, there's so many things in our netflix queue that at some point we're like yeah that looks great we need to watch that at some point and then it just sits there uh, you forever. start looking at it, it's like how many years ago did i actually think that i wanted to watch that yeah yeah actually when we moved so so uh when we moved from cambridge to chicago in 2005 we had that long? Oh. yeah yeah it was a while ago <laughs> yeah, uh, it all uh, kind of runs together. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, we had a copy of Finding Neverland uh, that we had gotten from Netflix, like, you know, oh. the physical copy that we took with us. And it wasn't like we didn't actually watch it for like another year, I think. Oh, <laughs> we just had it in our possession. And yep. then finally we're like, oh, God, we have had this for so long. We need to actually watch it and send it back. So, and it was one of those things where it's like we knew that it was a show or a uh, a movie that was kind of depressing. So, when are you going to be in the mood to watch something that is depressing? I, I think I still have a. Uh, I, I think I still have from two thousand and five uh, a DVD from Netflix, Stalag thirteen. Oh my gosh! Have they like I don't not think they, gotten I don't on? Think they want it back now. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they haven't gotten on your case about it. <clears throat> Send you like little passive aggressive emails. It's like, do you like yeah. the movie? Have you watched does, the movie? Does Netflix still send DVDs? I think they actually might. I think it's oh, one of those wow. things where like not a lot of people do it. But like if there's a show or a, a movie that they don't have on their streaming service, often they will have it on DVD. So there, I it think are. there are still people who get DVDs from Netflix. Yeah, but they live in they they probably live in like nuclear bomb shelters and eat canned food. <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> I, I can't even remember the last time I watched a DVD, and I've got so many of them. You know, it's funny because we have the entirety of Community on DVD, but we are watching it via Hulu. It's like we're not even watching the DVDs that we have. We are using a streaming service. Yes. For DVDs we have, just so that we don't that. have to bother with the DVDs. So I don't have to go find it. Yeah, I, I did that with uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know I, 
have this on video, but I have no idea where it is. I'm just gonna rent it on Amazon. I had rented. I so I, I got Amazon and Netflix, so I just yeah, rented it on Amazon. Me too. <laughs> it's one of the things about doing uh, this podcast that I've wound up signing up for like, oh gosh, like right now, currently I have Hulu, Netflix, and Amazon. I have in the past had a Stars subscription. I've done trial subscriptions for uh, Showtime and HBO. I think I'm missing something too. But anyway, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely missing something. But yeah, <laughs> yeah I, have the, I have the HBO and Stars subscriptions on the Amazon account, which, which enables me to keep up on uh, American Gods, Game of Thrones. Yes, uh, yes. You know, all good shows. Uh, it's true. You, you should do American Gods sometimes. I definitely should. Anything, anything with Neil Gaiman uh, that Neil Gaiman has done is is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah, and there's going to be Good Omens soon too. I know. I've been following every single teaser. I think that I have bought that book four times because every time I loan it to somebody, I yes. do not get it back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is exactly that has happened to us too. I think we're on copy number three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like you've never you've never read good omens here take it and i'm never seeing that book again yeah (laughs) but yeah when it comes to american gods i definitely hope they do a second season things have been a little iffy i i hadn't heard i i thought that they were filming it it's it's possible that they have been but what happened was that i think brian fuller basically got booted from it which is unfortunate because brian fuller is awesome and i think that Jillian Anderson and Kristen, the the woman who plays Easter, Kristen Chenoweth. Okay. Yes. Uh, So Gillian Anderson, Kristen Chenoweth, they basically got involved because they have done Brian Fuller projects in the past and they really loved working with him. And so they're like, yeah, totally. We're on board. So with him having kind of been removed, there's been a lot of, you know, them saying, you know, I really don't think I want to continue which in the case of uh, media, that makes sense. You get a different actress, you know, she changes her face all the time. But when it comes to Easter, then that's a little bit harder to kind of recast. I'll have to see, though, how, you know, like where that is, because it, it really is a fantastic show. It, it is. You know, I was just uh, and <laughs> I had I literally just put uh, got Brian Fuller on Wikipedia. OK, so. <laughs> <laughs> But, but what's interesting is, so I really like Brian Fuller, too, and I hadn't realized it because, uh, but, uh, you know, since he's he's produced uh, several television shows mm-hmm. that have all been canceled that I yes. liked. You know, Dead Like Me, I loved that show. In fact, the whole reason I, the first time I ever subscribed to HBO, that was why. Oh, man. It was a show, or it was a showtime. Anyway, that was why I subscribed to whatever channel that was on. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, and, and. Immediately after I subscribed to it, it got canceled. Oh man! And then Wonderfalls, which I didn't really watch, but it was weird. And uh, you know, then American Gods. So I don't know. Uh, you know, everything everything I like gets canceled. So I'm really hoping that's not going to be the case with uh, Santa Clarita Diet or right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, everything. But it does feel that way, you know. And and I guess maybe as a Firefly fan, I yes. probably I probably just kind of have that complex. And I didn't get I didn't get into Firefly until like four years after it was canceled. Yeah. About it, that, it was about it, I forget. Uh, our our mutual friend Joel. Yes. Uh, uh, recommended it to me. I I want to say he bought me the DVDs, and 
Yeah, and I watched them. I binge watched them on a road trip from Florida to Rhode Island. Oh, nice. With, uh, with a with a buddy of mine, which is probably not the safest thing to do in a car, and uh, <laughs> kids don't try that at home. No, definitely not. Uh, you know, because this is this is back in 2005, so I had to do it on a uh, laptop uh, in the passenger seat while my friend just sort of like uh, divided his attention between the road and the laptop. Bad plan, but it, I survived. So <laughs> that that is good. <laughs> yes, but uh you know yeah so yes I, I suppose ever since i got into firefly i got i i became that uh put upon fan who uh everything he loves gets uh destroyed right <laughs> <laughs> and the one time that you and i have met in person was seeing serenity in uh yes. in boston so yeah yes. yeah that was that was great well that not was... just seeing serenity it was seeing serenity before it was quite finished with yeah. all this effects yeah. and with Sean Maher and uh Marina Baccarin yes that was Both amazing <laughs> Marina Baccarin so cool. would not sign my DVD set I'm still mad about that oh no was she like oh, only yeah. signing the things that they yeah they're only signing sign? those those cheesy posters which yeah. I still have yeah yeah, yeah. me too because you know Marina Baccarin <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah I mean you know he he also did Hannibal uh, Brian Fuller Yes. And yeah, he just has this amazing sense of this richly beautiful sense of the surreal, basically, that everything that he does has this surreal quality to it that just winds up being gorgeous on the screen. So yeah, so American Gods would definitely be something that that I would definitely like to do on this show. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm really hoping that it uh, sticks around uh, another season or two. I was you know, whenever whenever a TV show gets based on a, a book, like a one-shot book, mm-hmm. it's always interesting to see where they're going to go with it. They're always going to add things. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's one of those things where, like, you know, you do a movie out of a book, and you're always going to be taking things out. Because, you know, a book does not turn into a movie very well. Uh, usually, you know, short stories are a lot better at uh, yeah, absolutely. becoming movies. But then you get a series, and yeah, that definitely happens. And in order to kind of do the, the longer arc of it, you have to add things to get it moving. No, I, I agree. I definitely want. Uh, I, I prefer the the long form episodic uh, television uh, versions of uh, of these, like a, a series of unfortunate events. Yes. You know? Yeah. You, have, you, have you been watching that? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! It's yeah. 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 The movie. The movie was. Eh, it was okay, and it was Jim Carrey, and Jim Carrey was like the flavor of the minute when that movie came out. But right, the, right. Uh, the TV series has been amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really awesome. So my son, whose favorite movie I will remind you is Sharknado, was devastated <laughs> when the uh, librarian died. And and he and he he's so sad. he watches the show and he's like, but somebody dies every time. <laughs> Well, it is called a series of unfortunate events. It, they you know, do, they, they kind of warn you right up front. Look yeah. away, look away, right? It's not exactly a secret. <laughs> yep, yep. People are going to die. A lot yes. of people are going to die. And for the most part, they're going to be the good people who are yep. going to die. But yeah. Dad, you said main characters don't die. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I have to tell him that sometimes if we're watching something that's kind of intense. Oh, boy. Yeah. My kids love it, yeah. which is wonderful. 
I don't, I don't know what's up with Eric. He's a good kid. He likes he likes cute things, and then he likes Sharknado. So yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> kill flying sharks with chainsaws. <laughs> yeah. My daughter, she loves you know she loves Jaws. Uh, she loved The Birds. Um, oh yeah. So I, I show them that movie. too. It's a yeah. oh such an awesome movie. My son couldn't take it. Like at one point, he just oh wow totally flipped out and had to leave. Because wow. it was it was just too intense for him. And, you know, these horrible things were happening to these people and he just couldn't take it anymore. So, you know, my 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 daughter is just totally fine with all of it. Um, and he's <laughs> like, nope, I no, I need to leave. We uh, we watched uh, The Elephant Man the other night because I'm I'm on a David Lynch kick. And uh, my son was like at the end of it. He's like that. That that was dark. That was really dark. I can't believe that you let us see that. I was like, it's, you know, it's, it's rated like PG. Yeah. You know, sure. <laughs> but wasn't it filmed before PG, before PG 13 was invented? I think it was. Yeah. I think yeah, it came out so... in 1980. So it's possible yeah. that it would have been more on the PG 13 side of things. But still, I mean, you know, he's 13 going on 14. There's PG 13 stuff that he watches all the time. Um, sure. I think it was it's just that, you know, he does get really kind of emotionally invested in, you know, these characters. And then when terrible things happen to the characters, it's particularly hard. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and really pre uh, Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. Any movie that's rated PG before that is really a roll of the dice. It's true. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll watch, uh, I'll watch a PG movie uh, that you know they have uh, the kids are swearing and there might be some partial nudity or right, or, right. You know, something something pretty terrifying happens and i'd be like wow i don't remember that being quite so intense and my kids are like oh my god what's going on <laughs> <laughs> like but i grew up with this show i don't understand i grew yeah. up watching this movie yeah i don't yeah. understand what's the matter with you guys yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh god um let's see farscape um yeah we like tried to watch farscape with our kids and there were, were parts that were like, you know, really, really adult in a way that I hadn't even remembered. There are also parts of it that are like really kind of rapey. I mean, you know, there are times yeah, in John Clayton. a lot of that in older shows these days. Yeah. I mean, but, you, yeah. you look at the older shows and just given kind of like the, the, the zeitgeist of uh, 2018, it's, uh, you, you watch these things like, whoa, I'm really uncomfortable with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's it's amazing how common that was in media, which, uh, you know, back when, when you and I were growing up, even early 2000s. Yeah, uh, yeah. When, you know, Farscape was, was on. But, you know, which is also nice about watching TV these days. Uh, you know, for example, in Santa Clarita Diet. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing uh, it back. Where, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, where the, uh, the women are empowered and they're interesting and they are uh, living yeah. their best lives to, uh, to bring back a, a theme of the, uh, the conversation, you know. Right, but, right. But, you know, at, at a cost. But uh, at the same time, they're super good people. Yeah. And, and, they're, and they're interesting characters. It's Although, so uh, what's, what's, the neighbor, what's Sheila's neighbor's name again? The blonde who starts seeing Anne? Let me see if I can find it. Um, I really have to just have the IM, IMDB up while I do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had it up too, but I had it on Brian Fuller. So mm. <laughs> let's see. <laughs> 
This has been a very interesting conversation. We'd have all this stuff at our fingertips. Oh, I know, right? In our brain. Our our cred. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, so I I think, uh, I I mean, I like her, but she's a little bit one dimensional. You know, uh, sorry, two dimensional. She's two dimensional. Lisa, that's her name. Lisa. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Eric's mother. Yes. you know, and, and even Eric, you know, I think Eric uh, could could stand a little more. I mean, it's really it's focused on Sheila and Joel and, and Abby. But, you know, Eric's kind of kind of the fourth wheel in there. And he hasn't he's still kind of get he's getting developed a little bit, I guess. I don't really feel like he's I feel like he's kind of like the outsider looking in. Although uh, the second season with the fracking thing and everything, he, he kind of got developed a little better. But yeah, Lisa, you know, Lisa's definitely just kind of the. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, the the slutty next door neighbor. Yes, that is true. <laughs> and, and and if you can sum up somebody in in three words like that, there I don't think that the the characters really develop very well. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think there can be some more depth there. Yeah, yeah. she's not a main character. It's really focused on the four the four main characters. You know, even even Anne, who you know is kind of uh, wise to something going on now, she. She's she's not really a main, and she's not very well developed. She's the religious determined cop. Yeah. But but still uh, still has become kind of kind of interesting. I don't know. I mean, everybody's interesting in the show. Yeah, they're really great characters. Like uh, Rick's wife is not developed at all. No, that's um, true. <laughs> Barely in the show. Yeah, yeah, but that's like the one character that doesn't really get any get any love thrown her way. It's like she's just kind of there. But, you know, uh, she's like, uh, I think when you have a character like that, it's somebody that you can, especially in, in long form television like this, that's somebody you can take off the shelf in a later season and and uh, throw in when you need a uh, when you need somebody to move, uh, move a plot line forward, you know? Yeah, definitely. Because yeah. you don't know a lot about her until uh, like until you do. And, you know, then all of a sudden it's like, you know, it could be like, a, oh, the big reveal. She's she's a zombie, <laughs> too. Or. Right, whatever. right. Or she's one of the knights that's supposed to save the world from the little, you know, red spiders. Yeah, the guy with the spider tattoo. Yeah, yeah. I, I found that confusing, but also I thought they were hilarious. The yeah. weird Nola hippie <laughs> zombie slayers. <laughs> yeah, I really loved how in the second season, like, you know, the first time you see them, they're bro- breaking into the apartment of the uh, the guy who they got the bile from. While, right. you know, oh, Sheila yeah. and Joel are there trying to clean up mm. what what they had done. And it's like completely out of the blue. These people obviously are breaking in for their own purposes. And then they talk about the bile. And it's like, okay, well, clearly they have something to do here. But, you know, they just start like dropping little hints throughout the season. They never came out full out and said, okay, here's the deal with these people. So, so yeah, so that was fun. And we don't really know what's going on with them per se, just that he has that tattoo and it's like his sacred honor to, you know, his sacred duty to do, I don't know, kill the spiders, kill the infected. Something. Yeah. Not really sure. Not really sure yet. He's got the, uh, he's, he's got the spider ball tattoo, which, you know, of course it wasn't, wasn't revealed until the second season that the things were even alive. Oh, I know. Right. That was so weird. It's the first episode, very first episode, Sheila throws up this ball and and joel's like did that come out of you (laughs) is that an internal organ yeah yeah and it's just kind of there what he oh he 
preserved it in olive oil. Oh my god. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's it's it's so yuppie of him. I mean, you know, it might not be the best of descriptors, but it's like, you know, yeah, that's kind of hipster of him, you know. I'll I'll preserve it in olive oil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had it I had it around the house. I, I'm making do. Right. <laughs> and, that's, and that's just Joel. He's just like, I'm just trying to figure this out as I go along. Yeah, yeah. It's you like, know, you know, and... who, who keeps formaldehyde in their house? I mean, come on. <laughs> if you keep formaldehyde in your house, then you're a little bit sketchy. What are you going to do? You're going you're gonna to pickle it? I, I oh. Mean, <laughs> you know, in vinegar, right? Yeah, throw in some salt, some dill oh, while you're at it, yeah. you know. There you go. <laughs> I can't remember. Did did Sheila's ball come to life? I don't think so. I think they've been yeah, keeping see, it in like the freezer. I'm wondering if they did something that prevented it from coming to life, right? Possibly, yeah. They keep it in the fridge, but so they've got the other one that was in the uh, that was in the fish tank in the storage unit with Gary's head. Yeah. So Gary's got a pet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, is kind of trying to figure out what to do with it. <laughs> It's so weird. When yeah. uh, when they find out about the clams and they're trying to figure out how they're going to get rid of them and like, you know, shocking them and putting them in acid and stuff like that. I, I was I was totally thinking, OK, well, why aren't you like, you know, trying to burn them all? And they do wind up doing that. But like, why can't you crush them? Like get a sledgehammer, put right. the clams like one by one on your driveway and then just sledgehammer them. It's like, why? Well, why wouldn't that work? To be fair, that's a lot of clams. That is, that's true. It would take a while. <laughs> and they didn't have a lot of time. The fire got started accidentally. You know, hopefully, problem solved. I I think that it, it was from the uh, the zombie slayers. Didn't they yes. like firebomb the uh, the place where the clams were? Uh, rocket launcher. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay. Well, that apparently that'll work. Hopefully. I hope you've got a license for that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if maybe they were going to, like, you know, find a local crematory and, you know, just take all the clams to the crematory and just put it in the, you know, the, the crematory retort and just burn them that way. I mean, that would have been, that would have worked. And then you have, you know, undead breaking into a funeral home. That would have been awesome. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the, it, I'm I'm interested to find out more about the uh, the the zombie slayers and the spider balls, obviously. But you know what's been great? I, I think what's been great about it is uh, the the mythology, if you will, that uh, is being developed. Uh-huh. The uh, it's really it's vague and hard. That I mean, it's hard for Joel and Sheila to to find out anything about why this happened, right? Yeah. You know, outside, yeah. Of, okay, they traced it to the clams, which honestly, that was a terrible idea, and yet it was true. Yeah. Okay, Joel, uh, the clams. Yeah, it's like the the scene in Airplane. Okay, who had the fish? Right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So I'm like, oh my god, it is the clams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> clams are so I, weird. It's like, I oh mean, my god. Maybe I maybe maybe I maybe I'm just not very I don't know uh, aware, but I did not see that coming. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that one time when Sheila leans down to uh, like zip up her boot and then she sits back up and her eye is like literally hanging out of the socket <laughs> and it's like resting on her cheek. That was oh my god. That was <laughs> that was not the easiest thing to see. It's like no, 
I, I, I just, and I love Drew Barrymore in this too. Oh and my God. She, she's amazing. Frankly, she's, she's found, she's found her calling in middle age. And, and I say middle age as somebody who is uh, about the same age as her now. So yep. <laughs> she, uh, she, she actually, uh, I read was going to retire from acting before she saw this script. Yeah. Wow. She was, uh, she was considering doing that. And then she saw this script and she, she said, Oh, I hate you. I hate you because I have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, thank goodness. I don't think she was getting that kind of fulfillment from Adam Sandler. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, because she's amazing in this. Like, you know, thank God she didn't decide to retire. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I hope I hope she, she keeps going. She's definitely found, uh, like, a third comeback, honestly. Yeah. Right? I mean, she came back from the whole uh, Playboy drug addiction thing as a kid and, and did, you know, rom-coms and action films. And yep. She kind of went off the radar for a while. I guess she was uh, focused on her family and considering retiring, and then uh-huh. now she's uh, and now she's doing this. I yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. So, uh, yeah, we talked a little bit about Eric before, very little yeah. bit because he hasn't been that much developed, but he's he's still just an awesome character. I love him, and I love him and Abby together. Um, Abby being the <laughs> Will daughter. They or won't they? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's like such a strange will there won't they too. So it's like yeah. it's there's definitely a will there won't they happening there. There are a lot of people that don't like will they won't they's because they think that it is disrespectful towards the woman in the situation that somehow that by getting together they would be, you know, losing some of their power or some of their autonomy. But that's definitely not what's going on in this situation, uh, because Abby is is fantastic and a very strong, very independent character who can totally be with him and not have it be like she's fawning over him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, maybe I don't know. I mean, it, it's they're not the primary main characters uh, necessarily. And Joel and Sheila are already together and it's focused on their relationship. But, Uh you know, so uh, what I, what I worry about with uh, those type of situations and stories is uh, the, the shark jumping, right? Right. Whether it be, uh, honestly, Moonlighting is the best example that I can think of, you know, with uh, David and and Maddie uh, finally getting together. And so the last season of Moonlighting was terrible, right? And, I never uh, saw Moonlighting. What? Yeah. <laughs> that was Bruce Willis's start. That was like oh. that was the whole reason. That was the whole reason nobody thought Die Hard was going to work is because he was a comedy actor. Really? Huh? Yes. Oh yeah, he's big action hero now. Uh huh. But right? at the time, oh my gosh, seriously, he was, he was like the Chris Pratt of the eighties. Holy. Okay. I know, right? Your mind is blown. Yeah, totally blown. <laughs> like, you know, I think of I think of Bruce Willis and like I'm always surprised when he does comedy roles. Like I remember him in uh Death Becomes Her and being yeah. like, Oh my god, Bruce Willis can do this? I mean, like oh, he's yeah. so That's how he started. Unrecognizable. Check out Blind Date okay. with uh, him, David Larroquette, and Kim Basinger. Wow. Yeah. It's absolutely hilarious. Cool. <laughs> but Moonlighting was a great show. And, uh, you know, before it, before uh, the two main characters got together. So, right, it, right. I don't want to see Eric and Abby's awkward relationship ruined. Uh, it, it reminds me of uh, Arrested Development, you know, the, the, two, the two cousins 
No, you haven't seen that, have nope. you? Nope. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to get on IMDb real quick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, so in Arrested Development, the two cousins, like the girl, the girl's name is Maybe, which is totally literal because she just strings uh, Michael. I think his name is Michael. She strings him along. Uh, he's totally got a thing for her, of course, but she's his cousin, and it's extremely awkward all the mm. time. Yeah. And it reminds me very much of uh, Eric and Abby's relationship at this show, where it's just ridiculously awkward. And, you know, when they're just cool and they're just being friends, and, and they, they do, like, a really great job. I feel so sorry for Eric, though. I mean, you know, it's it's like his geek dream come true to uh-huh. be involved in keeping the zombie apocalypse at bay. And, and, and at the same time, he's got the hots for his, uh, his, his uh, neighbor's uh, daughter, the girl next door. But uh, he just can't seem to get over the you're nuts hump. <laughs> That's crazy. That's never going to work. <laughs> right, right. Well, I could totally see them doing a, a spinoff, actually. What? Like, you know, the, the two of them, like, going to the same college. Like, they wouldn't need to be romantically involved. But I could see them doing, like, an angel spinoff. Where, you know, they go and they're in a world where, like, you know, maybe there are vampires, maybe there are werewolves, maybe there are other things where they can, you know, be themselves and trying to deal with the wider world of, you know, outside of their hometown. I could totally see that happening. Wow. (laughs) I I don't know whether that's brilliant or insane. (laughs) It could be both. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why not both? Yeah. Hey, stranger things have worked. Okay. It's true. Buffy it's the Vampire true. Slayer. Yeah. Say no more. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, by all means. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they need a new showrunner. Mm. Mm. Yes. How, how's your screenwriting? <laughs> <laughs> Working on it, actually. Maybe I could write right. a pilot and start shopping it around. There you go. <laughs> uh, but, but Eric. Uh, yeah, so I, I wanna I, I, I like uh, I like to see the the more assertive side of Eric, uh, where he you know said no, I'm not gonna do I'm not gonna go blow up the fracking thing, mm-hmm. the the fracking site, and then then he eventually helped anyway. But I but I like to to see him assert himself and become a more three dimensional character. So I I'm looking forward to a little more of that. Hopefully uh, hopefully not all the just all nervous and awkward. You know he's he's essentially the Xander to this family. Yes, it's true. Well, he has a lot of knowledge. Uh, So, you know, he definitely has a very important role in how they are dealing with, you know, with Sheila being undead. Um, Xander wasn't. Xander didn't, (laughs) you know, I mean, you know, he was he was the Zeppo, right? He he was kind of the the one that was just sort of there. He was the heart of the group. And he was, you know, funny. He was the mascot of the Scooby gang. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> Whereas, I agree. you know, Eric has a lot of knowledge and has connections and, you know, is basically the one who, you know, throughout the whole thing is like, OK, here's what's happening and here's how we deal with it. He's a combination of Xander and uh, and the guy in the chair. The guy right? in the chair? He, he's the guy in the chair trope. Most of the superhero shows that you see, there's they've all got a guy in the chair, you know, and that's Eric. You know, yeah. he's not a. He's not he's he's not a murderer, you know, and thankfully Abby isn't either. I think I think that's that's a a testament to Joel and Sheila, you know, uh, keeping their daughter from murdering people, even though she's covering up murders. Right, right. But, you know, that's okay. So she's only an accessory. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that bad. It's a moral slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, they're just trying to keep her from going all the way down it. (laughs) 
Yep. <laughs> and is murder okay? Well, Nazis. We pretty much all agree on Nazis. That's, right. You know, right. Okay to. It's okay to kill Nazis, uh, and Sheila's eaten a few. Yep. <laughs> they're her lobsters. But they're her lobsters. <laughs> yes, her lobster tank, yeah. Yeah, and it is really, really interesting in the show, just trying to suss out, like, you know, okay, well, what does it mean to be a good person? And, yes. you know, is it okay to do bad things when the bad things are, you know, have good outcomes? Um, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. It, it, I guess it depends on your point of view, right? And mm -hmm. we can have a philosophical discussion about this. The, Definitely. <laughs> I, I don't. So, first of all, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think murder is okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in real life. But, you know, I, I can separate fiction from reality. So oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I want to see the protagonists of the story succeed. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, that means that they're probably going to have have to murder some people unfortunately That's and true. uh you know so for joel and sheila you know joel and sheila were like yeah we just got to find some really bad people and that's how they made the the thing with dan they they made the best of that situation because they're like okay so he's going to give us really bad people to murder and then we'll have a constant source of food so I'll, joel joel can be a hitman and uh you know they'll be bad people it didn't really work out real well, no. but it was worth a shot. I, when you're in this uh, this uh, moral conundrum, uh, you know, uh, being blackmailed by a dirty cop, you know, it doesn't seem like it's necessarily all downside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the source was corrupted, basically, because, you know, Dan wasn't giving them people who were evil, per se. You know, he was giving them somebody who, oh, what was it about Loki? Loki is the, the guy yes, that Loki. they first, first uh, well, killed. Loki yeah. actually, um, shoot, I, I can't remember exactly, but uh, Loki was somebody who Dan had to get rid of because of whatever Dan was doing. Yeah, I think that he, that Loki was blackmailing him about something. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, like I think that that's that's why he put them towards Loki. And then the second guy was the guy that his wife was having an affair with. So right. yeah. Oh yes, that's right. And then uh, so the the and that's that was really uh, I think an interesting arc of the first season, where they were really exploring what is good and what is evil. Yeah. Right? They were trying to, was it the, the guy who Joel ended up smoking pot with when they tried to do premeditated murder. Uh, and, and they thought he was a pedophile. Oh, that's right. It was one of Abby's friends. Uh, they thought that, so he was in a, he's an adult and, and she's 16 or whatever. And so, so they thought, Oh, this guy's a pedophile. Well, Okay, pedophiles. Pedophiles are on the menu, right? Yep. So they go set up a. They set up an encounter with him, uh, a drug deal to uh, to score some weed or whatever, mm -hmm. and uh, they've got everything covered in plastic and they're ready to go. And then Sheila has to step out. Forgot why? It was the real estate thing, right? I think so. Yeah. And then Joel and Joel and the guy ended up smoking pot together, and uh, Joel found out that uh, the the girl lied to him about his age. Yeah. So, like, is anybody really all good or all all bad? You know, how do you how do you judge somebody? It's not good and evil is not necessarily black and white. That's another thing that when you include it in a story, I really think that it uh, it lends depth to it. And it's it's the way that a lot of superhero stories are going these days too. There's no more it, there's no more big blue Boy Scouts, right? Like like Superman, uh, Christopher Christopher Reeve's Superman. Right. Right. There's 
there's there's shades of morality and i think i think the show is uh definitely exploring that like okay you know for, well for example the nazis is it okay to kill nazis you know because after their previous experiences i'm not really you know they weren't can can we do this and <laughs> you know they said well yeah of course i can kill nazis right and they do they do the premeditated thing again and they try to they lure the nazis into the storage unit uh so they've got a murder room and then one one's in a wheelchair yeah uh, is, is it okay to kill a guy is it <laughs> is it prejudice to kill a guy in a wheelchair is it prejudice <laughs> Even though to, he's a Nazi? <laughs> to not kill him because he's in a wheelchair yeah <laughs> that, that discrimination <laughs> yeah are we discriminating by not murdering him i mean yeah it's a tricky moral question it's true can, can you kill a Nazi in a wheelchair could you go back in time and eat hitler before he was evil yeah yeah well that's you know that is that is a classic philosophy ethics question it, it would it be okay to kill hitler as a baby I think so personally i don't uh. think that uh, sheila would be able to eat baby hitler definitely I'm not positive i'm positive that <laughs> sheila would not be able to eat baby hitler yeah uh, because sheila's got a, a moral code and it's a bit looser than joel's but at the same time she's she's still a, a conscious feeling well being i suppose for lack of a better word right <laughs> but, uh, but yeah she's not gonna and maybe that's the answer to the question no you can't eat baby hitler <laughs> it's like even when you really really want to and it would yeah. be good for you because you need to eat people would you eat baby hitler would a good person eat baby hitler <laughs> This is definitely yeah. now a corollary to that uh, philosophical so. question. I, yeah. I'm going to trademark that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've solved one of life's eternal problems. Yeah. That's, that's got to make its way to like, you know, dorm rooms where people are talking about, <laughs> you know, ethics at like three o'clock in the morning. Yes, while smoking weed. And while smoking although, weed. Yeah. Although if you go to a dorm room and you say, well, could Sheila eat baby Hitler? As soon as you bring up Hitler, you've lost the argument, right? Godwin's law. <laughs> Well, I think... oh, oh my god, we're back. We're back in a moral <laughs> So maybe you need to come up with like a different evil person. Like, you know, baby I don't know. It's hard because it's hard to find someone who's as purely evil as Hitler. Well, sure. And nobody is evil as a baby. I honestly I never expected my morning was going to turn into talking about eating babies. <laughs> <laughs> but that is that is this show. I mean they they haven't had that question yet of eating babies. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if at some point there is a baby Hitler discussion. Would you eat, eat Hitler as a baby? No, of course not. Nobody eats a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I like uh, I like that Sheila is actually uh, possessed of some sense anyways, except for the, the, the blackout when she killed the second Nazi. Right, right. Was a little bit concerning. Right. So she killed the second Nazi, uh, but she she blacked out, didn't know where she was, came home. Was she covered in blood? I don't remember. Yes. Yeah, she was covered. Yeah. She comes home, she, she, but she's she's just home and she's covered in blood and nobody knows why. And that's a little concerning. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Especially to people who are trying to keep their actions secret. And she actually interacted with people, too, without the blood on her, obviously. Thank goodness. Um, right. But I think. I'm not entirely sure, but I think that actually might be how she wound up encouraging Anne to do art. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, think it, I think it was. Yeah. It's it's funny because it's like, you know, you think you blacked out. She must have done this, you know, all this horrible stuff when 
actually, she was kind of, you know, acting well. She didn't kill her boss, who she really wanted to kill because her boss is a jerk. And it was interesting that her boss is Andy Richter, who is also a collaborator with this particular uh, uh, team. Yeah. Yeah. Was it uh, Andy Richter? Andy Richter rules the world or something like that. Okay. Oh, it's, it's an older show. It didn't last very long. Uh, uh, but anyways, yeah. yes. Uh, yeah, even even when she's – her memory blacked out. She's not unconscious. But, right, uh, right. It's it's interesting. Uh, she wasn't full-on beast mode. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a problem. <laughs> it is, yeah. And, you know, you got to wonder if it's going to happen in the future. You and, don't have you to know. her in the basement again. Yeah. That wasn't good for anybody. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. It's really interesting how she's been able to kind of keep herself in a functional state. You know, that, that even yeah. when there was one point where uh, the principal was, was uh, threatening to expel Abby and uh, Sheila goes to deal with it. And you totally think that she's going to, you know, run him down in the hallway of a nighttime school. So there's nobody around and (laughs) she's going to kill him. Um, And that's exactly what Joel thinks is going to happen and what Abby thinks is going to happen. And so they're running after her. And what they find is that she's backed him up against the lockers and she's basically threatened to, like, you know, make his life difficult if he doesn't stop bothering Abby. And so she's she's been able to rein herself in and to keep herself from being feral all the time. Uh, so even when she's having particular difficulties, she's always kind of able been able so far, at least, to kind of step back from it. I, I love how she how she gives herself the pats on the back when she refrains from doing something horrible. Yes. <laughs> See, I can control myself. I don't have to solve all my problems with murder. <laughs> It's true. Her little self affirmations are fantastic. Yes. Yeah, but I and 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 as funny as this show is, uh, re- remember, uh, not a family show. No, yep. definitely <laughs> not. It's funny because sometimes, like you know, for this podcast, I have to watch a lot of TV, and sometimes the the shows that I do, they're totally family friendly. You know, I even had my daughter Josie as the guest for uh, Stranger Things, and oh, then some. Oh, cool! Yeah. Oh, it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Well, she's, she's fourteen, right? No, uh, no she's, she's eleven. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, big fan. So it was it was a great conversation. Oh, I, I got to yeah. listen to that one. It's fun, but then there are times when I do like you know. Hannibal and this show you know these shows that you know it's it's an adult show kids just can't watch it so you know it's a lot of okay I'm gonna be spending all day watching Twin Peaks um you guys are gonna be in your room for a while is that okay so yeah so this is definitely one of those shows this is the yeah yeah, you don't want to watch this you know pause it when they have to come in the room sort of thing I have to do that a lot yeah (laughs) that's, I, I usually end up having to watch these shows after uh, after bedtime, and then uh, then of course the kids are like, "Well, you're down there. Why can't I be down there?" Yeah. yeah. But but this show, yeah, it has uh, it has received criticism for the fact that it is so. Uh, I think, as you said, gleefully gory. And, and and I guess my my opinion of that is like, hey, if that's not for you. Don't watch it. It is it is what it is. You have to accept. Uh, I think you, you accept uh, the story uh, for what it is, and the gore uh, the gore is definitely part of that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, yeah, there's going to be a season three coming in 2019, which is way too long because <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to know what happens now. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't understand how you can get six seasons of Voltron in two years, but uh, <laughs> I can't see Jessica Jones uh, for two years at a time or, or Santa Clarita Diet for, for two years at a time, right? Right, right. But when it comes back in 2019, what do you think we'll see? What do you want to see? I mean, definitely Anne's going to be in there and then probably Rick as well. So they've got their, their cop allies. Well, I, uh, allies, ally is, is kind of a loose way to, way yeah. to put that. <laughs> but, you know, when you're, when, you're in, when you're experiencing a stressful situation, it's good to have friends. Right. It's true. And that's and that's what uh, Rick and Ann are, are to Sheila and Joel. So at the same time, uh, you know, Ann is uh, at least partially in on what's going on. And she, she's going to be managed by Joel and Sheila by keeping up the ruse, uh, the religion ruse. Right. By, uh, you know, trying to trying to keep her from announcing the miracle to the world. Uh, and at the same time, keep her from discovering the full truth, which is way, way worse. Right, right. <laughs> and and at the same time, I think Joel, like I said, you know, he's he's always just barely keeping it together. And it's a great corollary to just, I think, any man's life, any person's life, really. But I, I think men definitely have this thing where we don't open up to people as readily as uh, as women necessarily it's mm-hmm. i've read a lot of stories about it and it, i identified with it uh, yeah you know articles yeah about uh, this thing so so for 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 joel to uh, have somebody that he could confide in who is not sheila i i think is um, really going to i think it's really going to help him kind of get through it will they continue to uh, experience problems in their marriage yeah most likely uh but you know, it's, it's very interesting that none of these problems seem to be, like, seriously damaging their marriage. And if you really wanted to, I guess if you really wanted to, to mess with them, that's what you would do. Right. right? Yeah. Is, is put the, the marriage on the rocks. But uh, I hope I don't see that. I yeah. really like their relationship being positive. I think Abby is going to continue to uh, act out and try to figure out who she is apart from her, her parents and mitigating the zombie apocalypse. And then they're going to, uh, obviously, uh, I, I, I think it's obvious, they're going to continue to uh, trudge down the ultimately solving the problem story arc, which, you know, you, you got spider balls now, Gary's head, Ramona. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, things, things are starting to, things are starting to get out of hand. And, yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's going to be hard to keep it uh, hard to keep it under wraps. So I'm 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 interested to see how that turns out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got this nice little contained system right now, and yeah. I mean, you know, I think back to to iZombie that you had the nice contained system, and then you know it kind of broke open when everybody knows about zombies and lots of people are zombies, and Seattle is a zombie town and whatnot. So it'll be interesting seeing if they keep it that closed system or if they do wind up you know cracking it open somewhat yeah i i don't i don't want to see it become public knowledge kind of like um uh i want to say heroes you know the the tv show heroes as soon as as soon as it became public that there were people with superpowers it just kind of started going downhill yeah definitely tanked after that right and (laughs) you know no i i don't i don't want to you know it's another uh another shark shark jumping thing yeah i think yeah that when people know that these people exist then yeah there's definitely a certain amount of tension that's necessitated by 
them having to keep things under wraps. Once that's gone, then that tension is gone, and things start to be a little bit harder to keep interesting. Well, well, yeah, because then you start getting into. Um, I, I think it it moves uh, into the you know it'll move into the realm of, of politics and you know how do you how do you treat these people? Are they people too? I don't think this show needs to go there. I, I think sticking with the uh, main characters, the family, and their problem instead of expanding the world outside of the cul-de-sac. I, I don't think it. I don't think they need to do that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how things go. What is up with the with the spiders and where they're from, and the people who are the zombie slayers. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it, and and I couldn't stop laughing the whole time I was watching the show. So uh, you know, <laughs> it, it is rare. It is rare that I find a comedy like that. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I have full confidence that it's going to be awesome. <laughs> cool awesome well thank you so much for being on the show yeah thanks eileen i really appreciate the invite let's do it again sometime definitely thank you for listening to the hopeless fancast you can follow us on twitter at hopeless fancast on our facebook page the hopeless fancast and find all of our episodes on hopelessfancast.com if you enjoy our show please consider becoming a patron Go to patreon.com slash thehopelessfancast to find out more. Thank you, and we'll see you soon.